Fancy a drink, Nicole? Mm, don't know. Mm, I'd like a gin and tonic, four cubes of ice and a twist of lime, please. Lauren, you do know we're doing dry January, don't you? Well, in that case, just a dry white wine, please. <laughs> You've missed the point. I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishcon. The advice for self-care today is endless and can be yet another overwhelming job for women. Every episode, we trial a different self-care practice, live it to the letter for a week and report back to you on the results. Will it actually improve your well-being or will it be another waste of your time? We test out self-care so you don't have to. Welcome to Self-Care Club. Wellness road tested. To say 2020 was a tumultuous year would be something of an understatement. It was a bizarre and challenging one, full of crisis and, well, more crisis, and we are still very much in the crisis. If stereotypes are to be believed, then the pub or the drinks cabinet are the first ports of call when hard times strike. So it might seem reasonable to suspect that we've all been drinking much more. American adults sharply increased their consumption of alcohol during the shutdown triggered by the pandemic, with women increasing their heavy drinking episodes, that's four or more drinks within a couple of hours, by 41%, according to a new RAND Corporation study. A national survey found that the overall frequency of alcohol consumption has increased by 14% among adults over 30 compared to the same time last year. The increase was 19% among all adults aged 30 to 59 and 17% among women. Is that the 17% among that 19%? Not sure. As in it's just 2% of men? I, but I, I can understand that. If you listen to my conversations with two women today when we've gone back to homeschooling, I mean, I can understand <laughs> that the too. drinking would have gone up. The results are published as a research letter in the journal JAMA Network Open. We've had an anecdotal information about people buying and consuming more alcohol. But this is some of the first survey-based information that shows how much alcohol consumption has increased during the pandemic, says Michael Pollard, lead author of the study and sociologist at RAND, a non-profit research organisation. Alcohol consumption can have significant negative health consequences. So this information suggests another way that the pandemic might be affecting physical and mental health, Pollard said. Researchers say that the alcohol spike seen among women and younger adults highlights the need for primary care providers, behavioural health providers and family members to be aware of the risks of increased alcohol use and heavy drinking during the pandemic. The findings also suggest that future research should examine whether increases in alcohol use persist as the pandemic continues and whether psychological and physical well-being are subsequently affected. Drinking is built into our social infrastructure as a way of bringing loved ones together over shared experiences. That's remained true during the pandemic, where Zoom cocktail parties have taken the place of traditional gatherings. During the lockdowns, innovative ways of bringing booze home has taken off, with online app sales connecting customers with liquor stores for home delivery. One such company, Drizzly, saw growth surge of 700 to 800 percent. And they are still sitting at a 350 percent growth since last year. I don't understand that because the bars aren't open and surely that's the biggest part of their business is where they make their... Well, this is home deliveries. Well, but is it a home delivery service generally? Because I reckon alcohol companies aren't probably doing that well because the pubs and bars have been shut. I get people are still buying it in supermarkets, yeah. but I, I don't know. I mean, my husband has a lot of drinks clients. I can't imagine that it's booming. 
Alcohol is a perfect drug for women in particular in a lot of ways. It makes you feel braver, empowered, strong. It's a pain management system and it's a forgetting drug. And a lot of us are in a place where we just don't really want to think a lot yeah. right now. Yeah. And as far as women go, a lot of them are bearing the biggest burden of dealing with both work added domestic stresses, homeschooling, childcare and keeping the household from falling apart. A gin or a glass of wine or two, mother's little helper, is still socially acceptable. Wasn't that a term from like the 50s? Yeah, yeah. for gin. Right. Oh, what was it, like an Mother, ad campaign? Mother's little helper. I don't know if it was an ad campaign. I suspect it was. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. So what, when the husband... Goes... Well, it's just to help you get through the day, the evening, Jesus the whatever, isn't Christ. it? Well, they didn't have choices back then. It's true. And they deserved it. <laughs> At a time when we're stressed, isolated and socially distancing, finding a way to cope and retaining a connection with our loved ones is so important for a lot of people. But it can be a slippery slope. When alcohol becomes a crutch to subliminate unwanted pain, however, it becomes a problem. The Lancet concluded after their own survey in the UK that, in summary, lockdown represents a risk factor for increasing alcohol consumption in people with alcohol use disorders and relapse for those who were previously abstinent. Those who do relapse are at a high risk of harmful drinking and require a tailored approach for follow-up and intervention. Support from alcohol liaison services could prevent relapse during lockdown. So how much should we actually be drinking and what is a unit? Do, do, you, do you know this? I was, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. I mean, when you say how much should we be drinking? Well, what, well we're a wellness podcast, so I'm going to say shouldn't we be promoting not drinking? I'm saying when you go to the GP for a checkup yes. and they say, how many units of alcohol are you drinking a week? A, do you know... I got what, asked that yesterday. Right. So do you know what the recommended number of units are and do you know how much you drink a week? I don't know what the recommended units are, no. I, I think the uh, National Health should be recommending that people don't fucking drink. That's the first thing. But I know that that is not realistic. What I drink, how I answered it yesterday, is I reckon I have at most... On average, one unit a week. And do you know what a unit is? Because this isn't is that just I a single shot. A shot isn't like a single measure, right? I'm going to tell you. Go on to clarify, because I think a lot of people are very confused, and I had to really have a look at what is a unit because it's not a drink equals a unit, right? No, because a drink, like a glass of wine or a single or double shot of gin, it's all got different right. alcohol in it. So a typical medium glass of wine is 2.1 units, right? And spirits in a single measure of 25 or 35 millilitres count as 1 to 1.4 units. So women, it's advised, should be drinking no more than 14 units a week and never more than six units in a session. 14 units a week. That's a right. lot. It's not, Nicole. It's six, That's seven glasses of wine. It's six medium glasses of wine a week yeah. or 10 gin and tonics a week. Yeah, that's a, a lot. Week. That's a lot of alcohol. You, okay, say it again. <laughs> a week. Six <laughs> glasses of wine a week is not a lot of alcohol. I, I think that, that you're drinking every day. That's a lot. But you may have one or two glasses three nights a week and that's your weekly limit. But we come, we come from different... Again, as always, we come yeah. from different places on yeah. this. I think if I was drinking every day, I would say I was drinking a lot, even if I'm drinking one glass. Mm. One of the best so ways... So I don't need to get on my face. <laughs> don't get annoyed. We're Oi, supposed yeah, to just... Yeah, we're yeah, spe she, just, <laughs> she, she just rolled her eyes at me. I rolled my eyes at the interruptions <laughs> what, what, of the Goodman. Right. 
Are we right. firstly? Well, can I carry on no, with my research? No, you cannot. Right. Because what the whole point like of this say? podcast right. is that you and I okay. are supposed to discuss what, it. But I, I, I all right. What would what, <laughs> what you want to discuss? <laughs> Why are you getting annoyed? Because I want to tell you about calories. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. We're still having that conversation yeah. about calories. It's important. Is it? Yes. Go on. One of the best ways to get women's attention, apart from Nicole Goodman, <laughs> is to talk about calories. So let's talk about calories. I'm just saying that it's just yeah. a boring fucking conversation because women are still obsessed with calories. And it's the one way to, well, as you've just said, it gets people's attention because it now goes back to women's weight. And I think that's just... So let's see if it may distract them from drinking, okay. right? The calorie content of drinks made with gin doesn't just include the calories from the gin. It includes the calories from the sugary mixes. So in a G&T, there are 97 calories. That is about the same as a buttered crumpet. <gasps> Jesus. Right, there you go. And if you order a double yeah. from a bar, that's a 50 ml G&T. Is that two crumpets? That's 149 calories, similar to a chocolate-filled Pancake. When was the last time you had a chocolate-filled pancake Literally, or a crumpet? I think I've ever had a chocolate-filled exactly. pancake. Crumpets, yes. But, but I think 149... Ca- Sorry, I know yeah. I'm interrupting. Come on. <laughs> I'm literally scared. <laughs> She's not. I am a little bit. Okay. My hands are a bit sweaty. 149 <laughs> calories. Yes, it might be a chocolate pancake. Yeah. Sure, it's also a banana. Better calories. I don't know how many calories are in a banana. I reckon it's about that. Smothered in peanut butter or not? Nutella. Well, that... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that would be about the same. Most alcoholic drinks do contain traces of vitamins and minerals. You'll be pleased to hear, but not in amounts. <laughs> oh my god, is that how we've sunk? What we've sunk to, Lauren? No, they're not in any amount that makes significant contribution to a diet. It is never a good idea to substitute food for alcohol. I'm just saying that for the record. Right? Are you telling me that? You're telling I'm yourself telling that? Myself. Telling our audience that? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Society has conditioned us that you need alcohol to be cool, to be sexy, to have fun, to relax. So what actually happens when you take a break from the booze? In 2015, Professor Kevin Moore of the Royal Free Hospital London co-authored one of the largest ever studies into the effects of a four-week break from alcohol. The participants were average drinkers and the results were staggering. By the end of the four weeks, the participants of the studies had each lost an average 40% of their liver fat and three kilograms in weight. They had also reduced their cholesterol, lowered glucose levels, as well as many other health improvements. 79% had improved sleep. 92% were happier. 81% had reduced anxiety. That's amazing. Alcohol is a proven depressant and only covers up the effects of anxiety, a crutch that's gone in the morning. The result as your body dedicates its resources to processing the toxins you've poured into it is, you guessed it, more anxiety. 71% of people were more productive. 53% had lost weight. You'll also look better. I mean, I'm not surprised by any of these no. statistics. I know it's a, it's a staggering study, but I'm not surprised. I mean, alcohol is just so fucking bad But for those you. numbers are high. They're really, really, really high, high. But this is how poisonous this shit is. Alcohol dehydrates you as well and it makes your skin look shit. Your skin is one of the most obvious places the effects of toxins show. And in many cases, your complexion improves. Dry skin becomes more manageable and your eyes will look brighter. I have to say, yeah. I, I noticed... Are you interrupting me now? Yes, mildly. Is it allowed? Yes. <laughs> She's rolling her eyes again. <laughs> no. All I was going to say was that I did notice yesterday mm. I looked better in a couple of days. Really? I, I really did. 
think, oh, I look better. But you're one of those exceptions to the rules because you do drink most days, yep. which we'll get onto what our relationships are with alcohol. And your skin is generally glowy. You look pretty fucking great. You don't really exercise much. You don't watch what you eat. And you are just, you just look amazing and healthy all the time. So it's I'm basically... pickled. What does that mean? It's like formaldehyde. And basically, like inside, I'm just pure alcohol, like pickled, like a pickled cucumber. I never go off. <laughs> right. You know, that's what it's doing. It's, it's preser- pickled. Oh. Preserving me. I'm like, like formaldehyde. Exactly. I'm preserved in alcohol. Right. Is that, was that, was that the intention? <laughs> no. You just have to keep it up. I'm pickled. Yeah, I'll keep it up. When you aren't lying around with a hangover or feeling hazy from booze, you have the energy to get more done, feel more motivated to start those projects and achieve those goals that you've left on the back burner. So to assist us with dry January, we insisted the help of Rory Fairbairns. He is the co-founder and CEO of One Year No Beer. The thing about the brain, the brain has got so used to this math we do in our head. I'm stressed. I need alcohol. And what we have to do is show it that that's actually not true. Founded in 2015, One Year No Beer is an award-winning behaviour change programme and an online toolkit for surviving modern society alcohol-free. It's aimed at anyone drinking more than three glasses a week. They have a member base of over 100,000 people and believe that having a community is crucial to making a positive lifestyle change. So the founders are constantly finding new and exciting ways to provide this support. One Year No Beer is not an abstinence program. It's not about eliminating alcohol entirely. It's about empowering people to break down their old habits and build new ones, creating a positive mindset that lets the individual take back control and make clear-sighted decisions. Thank you so much for joining us on what is becoming a rather difficult January. Apocalyptic, I I think would be. (laughs) Yes, it it could feel that way. God, another lockdown and um, all of the stuff that went with it and the news and it just seems to be never ending, doesn't it? I think it's one of the most stressful starts to a year for many decades for a lot of people. So how this January of all Januaries can we encourage people to do dry January? Yeah, well, it's a brilliant question because let's just pause on dry January for a second and let's just say, how do we help people more realise that alcohol is only making it worse? Okay. How do we help more people realise that they are exacerbating the feelings of fear, of loneliness, of depression, of anxiety, their inability to deal with the kids, the shortness, the anger, the frustration, yep. the fear, all of that is actually coming from that crutch that they wow. had in the evening. And if you were to say that it would only take you maybe 14 days, maybe 28 days to discover that, to discover that on the other side of this, I need this, I need this, I need this to survive, is actually, well, wait a minute, I didn't need anything. Actually, I can deal with this. I can handle the kids. And actually, I can handle myself. And we kind of joked about this at the beginning. We can't do anything about what's going on in the world right now. The only thing we can do is about how we deal with it and how we react. And alcohol is only destroying that. But I think some people would probably respond to that by saying, but it takes the edge off if I've had a hard day. Um, It relaxes me. It helps me feel a bit calmer. What would you say to those people that feel that it does bring, it does take that edge away? 
It's like um, when stuff like this is going on in society, I do not need alcohol to mess with my mental health. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I need to be able to show up for my family and people around mm. me. So having a drug, okay, yeah, sure, it will relax you, but it's going to make you need it the next day. Okay. Just like, you, you know, if I take a sleeping pill, then I struggle to sleep the following night. Yeah. Right. Because, because I had this yeah. instant fix and that's exactly the same thing with alcohol. And then you get on this loop. I need it again. I need it again. I need yeah. it to relax. I need it to unwind. So the reality is, and this is why we created one year, no beer. The reality is what we have to do is introduce the things that are going to help us unwind from a stressful day, release that pressure, remove the fear and uncertainty and doubt, unwind from the days of the kids, well, what are those things? Yeah. yeah. Exercise. Yeah. Exercise, meditation, breathing. Yeah. Um, lots and lots and lots of skills like that. And I think the hard thing is that in times like this, so many of us just want to press the fuck it button. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally understand. I totally understand. Fuck it button, but the fuck it button is going to have consequences. Okay. And 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 the reality is that. Doing the harder road, which is, okay, I finished putting the kids to bed. I am now going to do a 30-minute med- meditation to try and unwind from the, that day. Yes. I only need to be building that habit in for a few days, and I'm going to be able to get much better yeah. removal from this thing. I'm not going to feel like I need something after I've put the kids down because I didn't have a drink and I yeah. didn't start that yeah. whole process. Yeah. Does so that make sense? It's replacing it. It's replacing what that alcohol fills with a healthier more nourishing habit is what you're saying. Completely. Can I ask you, what are your feelings on alcohol-free drinks or alcohol-free substitutes like the C-lip or the alcohol-free wines? Do you think that it's still using a psychological crutch or do you think that actually it's a good switch if you're trying to not drink? 1,000% think it's an incredible um, uh, support to anyone trying to change their relationship with alcohol. Okay, okay, so let's just quickly go through that. Yeah. What is alcohol? Let's Google it. Alcohol is a colorless, flammable, volatile liquid also used as a fuel source known as ethanol. It's what you get in a hardware store, and when you buy it in the hardware store, it has a skull and crossbones on it. It does. That's the truth. Okay. You've said that so, before, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just fell off your tongue. <laughs> so, so, so it is a hundred percent a poison. Now what happens with when, I mean, the brain is all about learning these routines. Remember yeah. about this autopilot, we've created this neuroplasticity into our brain. So imagine at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I'm stressed. I've had a difficult day with the kids. I'm going to go and get myself my reward, which it's now become, right? Over years and years, I've taught myself that I deserve this mummy wine time or this beer or whatever it is. I'm going to go to the fridge. I'm going to get the bottle. It looks the same. I'm going to pour the same glass. I'm going to pour it in. I'm going to smell the same smells. I'm going to taste a very similar maybe not in the wine case, but in all of the others, the spirits and the beers are great, very similar taste. That is going to give me 95% of the psychology okay. of drinking without yeah. the poison. Yeah. What is my brain going to learn? That I did not need the alcohol. Do you know when they took a thousand students in Stanford University, they gave half of them alcohol-free beer and half of them beer. 82% of those drinking alcohol-free beer were showing signs of being drunk. Wow. Yes. So that's how powerful that's your brain powerful. is. So that's let's amazing. use it to let's use it to the advantage. Yes. If you're thinking about not drinking, load up, buy as many alcohol-free beers, alcohol-free wines, alcohol-free spirits, have a different tasting every night. 
do a Zoom call with some friends who are also on the challenge and say, right, get your seed lip in. Tonight, we're all going to do a seed lip tasting. Make it fun and exciting. Not sitting at home, boring. I'm not drinking. This is crap. I hate it. I can't wait till (laughs) February again when I can start drinking because that's the only way to really live life. Yes. No, let's enjoy it. And that's what this unique opportunity we have now with alcohol-free alternatives. They are brilliant. And I think just on this note, This is why One Year No Beer has been so successful and why we are so different, is that when you look at traditional support systems, they were like, well, you can't do that. That's substituting something for alcohol. And if you have a drink, you have to go back to day one and you are going to be an addict for the rest of your life. Oh, no, that is not what this is about. This is just about helping people to have a healthier relationship with alcohol. Taking a break from booze is the fastest way for you to that you were actually actually in a toxic relationship. What would you call yeah. a healthy relationship with booze? What does that look like? You never need a drink. You can go out socially. You don't need a drink. Somebody might ask you something. I don't need a drink. You're tired. You haven't slept. You're stressed. Well, you don't need a drink. You might like to have one. And if it's one, great. But also, if it's 20 because you decided to go away for a weekend, so be it. Trust me, if you've taken an extended break from booze, you'll pay for it for about three weeks. I believe. believe, Yeah, well, yeah, I can't drink anymore. That's because of that, because I don't drink very often and it gets less and less and less and less. Yeah. So, So that's where a healthy relationship with alcohol is. And it's just this complete take it or leave it place. It's very easy for you and you don't feel that need. And that is what we are the experts at getting people to that place. Okay, that's fantastic. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us all your words of wisdom. And we will be speaking to you again on our epilogue show next week. Thank you so much. And anyone thinking about changing your relationship with alcohol at the moment, you are absolutely amazing. Well done for showing up in the world in such a big way. And would you just tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you if they are looking to do the One Year No Beer Challenge? million percent um one year no beer.com or uh facebook one year no beer um instagram oynb or one year no beer we are all over there social Love media it. can't miss us fantastic thanks so much how amazing was rory he is quite inspirational he really is does he make you want to maybe try this out uh, let's talk about it in a bit further later on but i have to say since speaking to him mm-hmm. I do feel a little differently than I had done before we spoke to him. This episode is brought to you by Notion. Have you ever stumbled upon a tool that feels like it's been tailor-made for you? Well, that's exactly how we feel about Notion. Simply and beautifully designed with all your notes and docs in one place and the power of AI built inside. It's where every idea, task and episode comes to life effortlessly. Notion merges creativity with productivity seamlessly. Whether we're planning out our episode schedule, collabing on show notes or tracking guest invitations, it's perfect for those who may be becoming a little forgetful in midlife. Hey, just the other day we used it to map out an entire season of our podcast in record time and that's why Notion has become an indispensable part of our podcasting toolkit. It even wrote this intro for us. Notion is more than just a workspace. It's our secret weapon for success in the digital age. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organise and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is for everyone, CEOs, students and Lauren. If she can manage to navigate it, anyone can. Hmm. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash self-care club. 
That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash self-care club and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash self-care club. This week on Stakhanov. Throughout January, Clash of the Titles are letting you pick the films being battled out on air. Already binged your way through Netflix during lockdown? Listeners Alex, Vicky and Chris rediscover and tear apart old and new favourites alike week in, week out. I like here, though, that Michael Bay starts as he means to go on. I made a list of sort of Bayisms from this sequence. Uh, low angles, lens flare, dry ice, washed out colours, military hardware, men marching, orchestral score, guitar riffs. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're looking for some much needed escapism... Why not catch up with the Abroad in Japan podcast? Chris was recently joined by Joy the Anime Man to discuss mastering conversational Japanese. That's a really interesting topic, bat channeling, which is where you kind of go, oh, oh, so not that. In Japanese, if you don't do the every now and then, then people just think you're not listening or you're ignoring them. All that and a whole lot more at Sakanov. So, do you want to? Let everyone know how we went about Dry January, Lauren. Yeah. So what we did is we relied on 10 top tips from Rory that we followed to guide us through so far this week, but yep. hopefully the rest of the month. And yep. if we go through the whole 90 days, the 90 days. And, and these are the tips. Number one, be sure to stock up on alcohol-free drinks so that when you feel the need to drink something at the end of a long day, there are plenty of tasty alternatives for you to enjoy. Make it exciting. Order yourself some new, different alcohol-free drinks to enjoy on the weekend so you can look forward to maybe having a tasting session and talking about the different flavours. I like that. Yeah. That's cute. Cutting back on the booze will also do wonders for your bank balance. So pick something that you have wanted for a long time and then set aside the money that you would have otherwise spent on alcohol and buy yourself something nice. I like that one too. Me too. (laughs) That's the best. Make a promise to yourself that you're going to get healthy in 2021. Calculate how many calories you'll be saving by cutting back on the booze. An average drinker can save nearly a thousand calories a week. Number four, remind yourself of the importance of sleep when it comes to mental and physical health. Alcohol really does disrupt your sleep patterns. It's a myth that a glass of wine will help you to relax enough to sleep. Alcohol actually causes slow wave and REM sleep cycles to be impacted, resulting in shorter sleep cycles, which are disrupted. After removing alcohol from your diet, you will sleep in deeper and longer cycles. And this will really help your body to rest and repair every night. Number five, set yourself a fitness goal, whether it's a marathon or just a 5k walk around the local park. Once alcohol is removed from your diet, the body will have more energy for physical exercise. So help yourself to stay on track by picking something to focus on and work towards. And you and I are both currently doing that. So please, God, this helps me along the way. Ruri also says that speaking of exercise, remind yourself that this is a marathon and not a sprint. There is no point abstaining from alcohol in January, only to go full throttle at it again in February. This will simply do more damage than good. Take some time to educate yourself about the shorter term benefits of abstaining from alcohol. These only improve over time. Number seven, forgive yourself for blips. Much like dieting, which is also bad for you, people slip up from time to time. And instead of giving up because you're disappointed in yourself, learn to quickly forgive yourself so you can put it behind you and get back on track. There is no use wallowing in one bad decision or a moment of weakness. Focus on your streak that you have achieved instead. Love it. He's amazing. 
Number eight, address barriers to your success head on by explaining to your friends and loved ones what you are doing and why. Maybe even ask them to get on board and join you. By speaking directly to these people and explaining why you are not drinking, it will help you to get them on side and enable them to see things from your perspective. Although this is a different one at the moment because most people are in lockdown. I mean, I know not everyone who listens to this is in the UK, but obviously the UK, we've just gone, we're going into lockdown as of tonight. Yeah. So it's a great time, actually, isn't it? Because you're not surrounded by your loved ones and you don't have that peer pressure problem. Number nine, tune into the impact of alcohol on your mental health. Alcohol is one of the most common and unhelpful coping strategies for stress, depression and anxiety. Yet overuse of alcohol can contribute to the worsening of mental health issues and lead to even lower moods and more anxiety. Using alcohol will not address any mental health problems. It will only make these issues I thought that was amazing after speaking to Rory, how much he highlighted that, that actually the people that use it as a stress reliever, which most people do because it's quick and it does help you feel calm in that moment, but it does worsen over time. So this is what I wanted to ask you. So we, we're, it's the 5th of January today. Yes. We're going into lockdown tonight. Yes. So we plan to start on, on the 1st. So we're, we're, we're short way into this dry January, very short way into it. What is your relationship with alcohol? What, what historically, like, how was it growing up? Do your parents drink? Did you drink as a teenager? Do you drink now? So my parents, no, I don't come from heavy drinking. My parents would uh, drink recreationally yeah. at parties, socially. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I might have seen my mum drunk once or twice I can't remember it. Um, they would never really drink wine at the dinner table every day. So that just wasn't part of my life. Okay. Um, as a teenager, of course, I've had bouts of where I'm drinking all the time and in my early 20s and, you know, doing what young people do really normal. I've always had a very normal relationship with alcohol, yeah. depending on my age, I guess. Yeah. Um, Adam and I aren't big drinkers. We don't open a bottle of wine at night ever. Alcohol makes me feel like absolute shit, which I'm quite grateful for sometimes. So I don't drink a lot. Because okay. it's just not worth the hangover. Um, and that's been in the last year or so. Okay. I would say. And how much do you think you drink a week? I don't drink every week. Okay. So, so you would have a whole week sometimes where you'd have no drink, no alcohol at all. Oh my God, I would go weeks without drinking alcohol. Okay. But then occasionally I would then, it might be a Saturday night or a Friday night, and I'd have a couple of gin and tonics or a couple of glasses of wine. Okay. It's, I, I can't give you an average. I don't drink very much. Okay. What about you? Um, slightly different. Okay. So my grandparents, all four of them, they really liked to drink. Right. Not in like, it's a problem, they're alcoholic ways, but they were boozers. It right. was, you know, that was what they did. So there was always a sherry and my other grandmother used to have a martini and we were always allowed to sip, you know, on a Friday <laughs> night, like a little sip. My grandfather's <laughs> drank brandy. Um, my parents both drink. Uh, recreationally, there was always wine at dinner Alcohol was a very normal part of family, dinner, meals. Again, I never saw anyone drunk, um, including my parents. I don't think I've ever seen them drunk. But certainly it's a kind of daily normal thing you would. And and at home now, we always have wine with dinner. So we're not boozing through the evening. But if we're sitting down to a meal, we will have a glass, a glass of wine with it. Sometimes two glasses. Yep. Um, I would say I drink more than my husband. He's not really a drinker. And actually his parents, 
barely drink. Maybe they'll have a half a glass of fizz at a celebration. So of the two of us, I'm I'm more the drinker. Okay. Yeah. And as a teen, uh, uh, you know, I had the odd vodka and then throwing up session, but I was never out of control. Well, I definitely went through a few years where I was partying very, very hard yeah. as a youngster and yeah. I would drink way too much and, you know, all the yeah. room spins and all that yeah. nonsense. But it's that's pretty... just part of being young. I think it is. It wasn't, it was never problematic, but I would be able to like drink till five in the morning and then get up at seven and go to work and be working on my first client cutting their hair at eight o'clock and I was fine. I couldn't do that now. But then you go through pregnancies and then you have new babies and then you drink less. You know, so I calculated what I drink and I had to look at the units and I think I drink between 10 to 14 units a week. Okay. But having said that, for most of the year, I'm on call for clients. And when I'm on call, I don't drink at all. So you wouldn't have that glass of wine at night when you're on call? If... If it because was, you're, I mean, pre-COVID, you were always on call, weren't you? Yes, but if I know that I'm 14 days before the due date, I go on call at 38 weeks okay. of a pregnancy and okay. I'm on call till the baby comes, right. anytime up to 42 weeks. So if I know I've still got two weeks, yes, I probably would have a glass of wine with dinner, but I certainly wouldn't be having a the gin second. and tonic then or the yeah. second. If, you know, we're very getting close or anything's brewing, I don't touch a drop. Okay. So, so you're always able to jump in the car when you need to, basically. Abs- absolutely. Okay. Not great to turn up at a birth pissed. Do you not think? <laughs> or I t- smelling of booze. I wouldn't want that in my doula. Oh, I'll be honest. No, 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 no. So I have, you know, it's it's very on and off. Okay. Because a lot of the time I, I can't drink. Yes. So I say 10 to 14 units a week, but that's for very limited weeks of the year. But yet again, we're coming into this challenge from very different places, yes, which absolutely. is great. Which is yeah. great because we'll both bring very different experiences to it. And how are you feeling going into this? I mean, it was like, fine, because to me, it's no different. I had one gin and tonic on New Year's Eve and that was more because I, it was like an obligatory, cheers, um, than something I was craving. And I have literally, okay, we're doing dry January, so I've thought about alcohol, but I would never think about it again. So I also had uh, a gin cocktail on New Year's Eve and I had a glass of wine with dinner I haven't had a drink since, actually. Um, Oh, well done. Thank you. I was not at all happy going into this, and especially last night. It's been a very difficult week into the new year. And like last night, lockdown three was announced, and I just thought of all the Januaries, this is going to be one of the hardest we've ever had. I've got all three kids home, as has everyone, and I thought, God, now... Now I haven't got that crutch. And how do you feel after speaking to Rory about all of that? Has he not put that into more perspective for you? I feel like I am I am a person who doesn't like to and I don't don't think I have habits or crutches. I don't rely like I'm not like I have to have a coffee when I wake up. I have to go to the gym, otherwise I won't feel like this. I I'm not really <laughs> What's with the voice. I don't know. I just I find like some people are like, they're very habitual. They yeah. have rituals and habits and they have to stick to them or they don't feel like the day is okay. I don't feel like that. I feel like I've woken up, the day is fine. So I don't like the psychological feeling of thinking I need a gin and tonic at six o'clock. Yeah. I would like to have one, but I would also like to feel I don't need to. Yes. So You don't want to be reliant on anything. Correct. So that part of speaking to Ruri was what rang true with me of well maybe I'll take this month to see 
I, that I will have it when I want to have it, but do I need it? Yes. No, I, I know I don't. Well, it, but... it brings into question your relationship with alcohol. Yeah. After speaking to him, as I'm questioning mine, you're questioning yours. And like I said, mine is very convenient that it makes me feel, I think I'm a bit allergic to alcohol. Yes. So I will wake up the next day, I could have one glass of wine and I am so hungover I can't get out of bed. Right. So to me, it's not worth it. And would I be drinking a lot more if I didn't feel like shit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Why wouldn't I? Because it's, re- <laughs> well, after before speaking to Rory, it's relaxing. It takes the edge off. Life is quite difficult at the moment. Yeah. So I'm quite grateful that I, of that little allergy that I have going on. I think that that is how I feel that, you know, it, it's, it's a marker of the end of the working day, you know. He said that, didn't he? And that, yeah. that is, for me, that's what it is. It's like, okay, it's six o'clock. My husband finishes working upstairs. I'm getting dinner ready. We have a drink together. It's a nice moment of the day. It's a moment of like, okay, I'm switching off. I'm switching into another mode. Um, And what Adam and I used to do most nights at 6.15 is go to the gym together. Right. We would pop out for an hour. and then It's a bit healthier. (laughs) And we'd come, well, we can't do that now. Yeah. So I like, Rory's suggestion was perhaps end the day with a 30 minute meditation or something that increases your wellness yes I thought that was beautiful yeah so come on let's hear about how your week's going well I I don't really have any recordings for you because there isn't really anything to record I will just tell you verbally that uh the first oh, the you second, could you could do it through mime I could do, or <laughs> shall I do it through a performative expressive dance <laughs> you would could, you like that but it would be a little tricky on do you a know, podcast this was my favorite thing I think of the whole of 2020 that's about 2019 but that was a normal year no this was the best thing about 2020 my friend has a six-year-old son who, as um, one of his school home learning projects, was told to um, <laughs> express his feelings about the virus through dance. You sent me the video. And, and I, yeah, I, I've, I actually decided he has, so he had to include his feelings about the virus, his feelings about social distancing and, and mask wearing. And so I, I actually did the dance myself and then I, yeah, I sent it to you. I think that was my best moment. And that really, really tickled you, didn't it? It really, I was like, that, that's what it's come down to. Well, we to. can't do that now because okay, we're, so on, we're on we're an on an audio podcast. platform and people need oh. to hear your words. Okay. <laughs> so get okay. talking. So I will tell you the first, second and third of January. That really was okay. Oh, good. Um, I didn't feel like, oh my God, I can't have a drink. And actually, my husband very sweetly said, would you like me to not drink along with you and I said absolutely not oh, I don't go I'm not, Ollie. I know it's like I'm not putting that on you if you want to have a drink and but every night he has said to me would you mind if I have a glass of wine I've said of course I don't mind please have a glass of wine last night I tried um an alcohol free gin and tonic oh yeah it was vile oh, sh- like like right. retchy excuse me that is the sound my 12 year old makes at my dinners right oh god <laughs> Well, Don't use that. I'm sure your dinners are delicious, but they this are delicious. Was, this was not. Oh, that's a shame. Fucking revolting. Are you going to try any others? Do you have any others stocked up for yourself? Well, today, this very morn, on the way to this the, very this morn. very morn, <laughs> on the way to the studio. Oh no, she's turning into what's that? What? Who? <laughs> no, that's some Radio Four thing. No, it's not a Radio. No, nothing to do with Radio Four. Went to Waitrose. <laughs> 
and bought a couple of bottles of alcohol-free red wine, delivered one to my sister-in-law because she is doing dry January and I wanted to give is her a gift. she doing it through Ruri's community? She's not. She's just doing it. So I gave her, I bought her a little rhubarb um, alcohol-free gin and tonic and I bought her a bottle of alcohol-free red wine and I bought one for myself. And I'm going to try that out because now I've been given the green light to do that by Ruri. Yeah, he was well up cool that. about yeah. that. Yeah, And actually the thought of having dinner tonight and having a wine glass with my non-alcoholic red wine in it, I'm, I'm actually quite excited oh, about good. trying that. Well, it's part of the experience, isn't it? And I'm going to do the same. I'm going to get my big wine glass out, yeah. put loads of ice in it, sparkling water, yep. Maybe a slice of cucumber. Mm. I can't do the cucumber. It has to be lemon. Well, lemon. If we have a gin tonic, we have Hendrix. Yeah. And my husband has a lot of drinks clients, so yeah. that is the way to drink a Hendrix. I know, but I don't really it's don't made like from cucumbers. Cucumber. I know. It's my worst gin because of that. I oh, like the Japanese well, I gin. I bought you Hendrix for Christmas. It's don't like the cucumber. You didn't really. I have lime. Lime, lime is the best. Yeah. So first, so, second, third. So first, second, third, fine. Last night... Eight o'clock, the announcement came in. My first thought was, fuck. You also had a bit of a wobble. Um, am I allowed to say this? To be completely sure. transparent? You sent me a text when it, because you thought your seven-year-old was going back to school. I did. As did most of the country. My kids were never going back because we were in the areas that were affected the most. So yeah. I had already got my head around the fact that it was the 18th of January. Obviously now it isn't. Um, so you got a bit of a sharp short, quick reminder of what homeschooling is going to be about. And yep. you were quite upset and you sent yeah. me a text saying, I don't know how I'm going to do dry January. Yeah. Uh, what happened around that period? I think I, I, I got used to it. And then also last night's news was even worse <laughs> than the day before. It's amazing so... what you can be grateful for, isn't it? It's like, hey, right. <laughs> and also the other thing was I, I actually wasn't on call for the whole of January. And I was... February so this was like a whole month where I was free to drink yes yet I was restricted from drinking because yeah. of doing this yeah this so challenge. you haven't you have you've been doing it I you have been haven't doing oh, it. I'm yeah. really proud of you but listen we're only on to day five yes and it's the daytime of, of day five and so I'm Rory not... said that he does the 28 challenge doesn't he yeah. and then he does the 90 day challenge yeah. and the reason he does that is because after the 28 days is where you start seeing all the life-changing stuff happening to you this is where I don't know where it's going to go because because I'm aware that I spend a lot of the year not drinking in ba in batches of weeks. I know I don't need it in inverted commas as a psychological or yes. physical crutch. Yes. So I don't feel I have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Good. I, I'd rather take it, but I am able to leave it, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I I I don't know what benefits, real tangible benefits, I'm going to see at the end of this 28 days because I do sleep well. It doesn't make me feel bad. Yep. I'm not angry when I drink, you know, so. <laughs> You're not sending I'm abusive quite, messages to people. I, no. I'm not sending no. like pictures of my tits to people randomly. No, <laughs> uh, oh I God. just sit down and watch telly, you know, <laughs> fully clothed. <laughs> so let's Is everyone see. relieved to hear that Lauren is not sending messages? <laughs> Text messages of her tits out to random strangers. When I'm drunk. When she's drunk. Or sober. Or sober. So let's see. Okay. Tell so me. so it's a trial and error thing. Let's just see how it goes. I don't want to like pile the pressure on. I feel like if I crack on a terrible day, I'm going to totally forgive myself for the cracking. We are living under very extreme circumstances. Yes. 
So I think we all need to practice some self-compassion and some kindness. But does part of you feel like, this is how I feel, we're living in such an extreme month. This yes. is like lockdown three, right? We're really in the eye of the shitstorm yeah. now. Yeah. So part of me feels like... We hope. Oh God, don't yeah. even go there. Yeah. Part of me feels like, why? Why would you try and change something that you enjoy, that you do once in a while, that is like your only enjoyment and vice. If it's a now, pleasure. Yeah. If it's a pleasure. And the other half of me thinks this is the worst it's going to be, hopefully, this month. If I cannot drink this month, I cannot drink any ever. month. Yeah. So I, I feel a bit conflicted. Well, going back to what Rory said, because I think it was really important, he's suggesting that people don't drink at the moment for your mental health, for your physical health. And use different stress relievers. Use wellness stress relievers, whether that's going for a walk, breathing, meditation, all of those sorts of things. Mm. Use different tools because in the long run, it's much better for you. And in the long run, alcohol just isn't very good for your system. I love that. Yeah. I think that's the bit we need to focus on, that it doesn't actually relieve the stress or bring the calm. It makes it worse in the long run. How has your four and a half days gone so far? I mean, it's to me, this is not a stretch. Yeah, um, It's fine. Yeah. I'm relieved not to drink. I don't really enjoy drinking. I, obviously, if I go to a party, I like to have a few drinks, but I haven't done that in nearly a year. Yeah, And actually in lockdown one, I did drink quite a lot. It was all a bit of a blur, so I can't even really report back on that. But Rory has given me the kick up the arse that I needed to not go back to that place because I could quite easily have a glass of wine every night and yeah. then wake up feeling absolutely shite yeah. every day. I could do that. I don't want to. I well, want to invest in my wellness. It, well, yes, and I want to invest in my wellness. Yeah. So, you know, I have a podcast about it. Yeah. Um, I made a little voice note. Okay. I'm basically cheating this week because I don't really drink majority of the time unless I've got somewhere to go and I've got absolutely nowhere to go. Um, so this week is certainly not a stretch for me. But I also acknowledge that it is a stretch for Lauren and a stretch for many other people because people use this as a form of self-care. Um, so I'm pleased we're doing it on the show. Just, I guess, being transparent that for me, this is a normal way of living. So yeah. that is literally my week. There's nothing really else to tell you. I've, I've said it all here. Um, I think there is a very fine line between using alcohol for self-care and using it in a toxic way. And I think that that's a very fine balance. And I actually think you manage that balance by the sounds of it, that you do use it for your self-care. And I think the odd drink here and there through a global pandemic is necessary and fine as long as it helps you and it supports you. Then I'm all for it. But obviously, if you're really looking into the tangible benefits and non-benefits of alcohol, it would be better all round yes. to find an alternative to to drinking. Yes. And let's not forget, Nicole, I don't have a lot of liquids. <laughs> so it's coffee and alcohol. So if you're removing the alcohol, I am in danger of, of dehydration. dehydration. But you do know that alcohol does dehydrate you <laughs> as well. As you well know that. Coffee. I just wanted to put that out there that I do know that some people do use it for their self-care. Yeah. And that it, it can be used in that way. And I think if it's going to make you so fucking miserable not to drink right now and it's the one thing that puts a smile on your face, then I know Rory would go against exactly what I'm saying. But 
like I said, you've got to find your own balance. But I think that's what happened last night. Last night, my exact feeling was not drinking today is more like self-harm than self-care. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. But when we actually sat down to dinner, Ollie did have a glass of red wine and I just had water. And actually, I didn't feel pissed off or upset or like I really needed a drink. I just kind of accepted just having water and you know the evening passed and I had loads to do and I really didn't think yeah, about it and yeah. it wasn't a big deal so I I am going to go with it for as long as I feel I can go with it and my yeah. sister-in-law who's also not drinking this month she was like are you are you going to give up now are you going to stop and I said I don't I honestly I don't know like well I think I think with Rory in our pockets we should be doing a good We've got a good chance. I mean, of how can you not be motivated with this man behind I do, you? I do feel very motivated he, by him. Actually, he was amazing. So, thank you again, Rory, for being on the show. Should we summarise? Let's. What worked so far for you? Um, I don't drink to excess. I don't feel, although you would say, I, in comparison to you, I do drink to excess. But isn't everything relative? Of course, of because course. to other people, you drink very little. But I know. So what's what's worked? Um, I'm fine. I feel fine. Yeah. Um, I'm coping. You said your skin looked fine. better. I, I do think I look a bit. But you always know. look glowy and lovely. I to don't me. always look glowy and lovely, but I did. To feel, me, to I, me, you thank do. Thank you. But yesterday I did feel like oh, oh, I look alright. I don't have sort of grey, dry pallor, which you can happen in January. <laughs> you don't, darling. <laughs> you don't with your rosy cheeks and your glossy skin and hair. You don't. You're very sweet. What worked for you? Uh, you know, it, this is this is all good. It, it all worked for me. Rory worked for me. I think his community yeah. and the one year no beer is is absolutely genius. Yeah. I really do think that is an exceptional thing that he's building. Has built. Anything not worked for you? Uh, drinking doesn't work for me. Okay, well that's <laughs> drinking. Very, that's drinking, but that's what's is put it into perspective for me after listening to him. All of those things are true for me. It doesn't work for me it doesn't work for my wellness I'm someone that very much invests in that I'm very invested in my physical activity my mental activity and the alcohol just does not support it Mm. you what what it hasn't worked so far is that I don't feel I have a full stop at the end of the day okay well, maybe you could replace it with something else, like what Rory said. But I'm just not going to go and do a 30 minute meditation. You don't need, but we a, did that week. <laughs> yeah, we've done that, but that's not your thing. But maybe no. find out what your yeah. thing is. Maybe it's, I don't know, going for a quick 20 minute stroll with your husband instead of having that glass of wine. Or... Yeah, I need something to puncture yes. the day. That, yes. that, that's, what, that's what I've struggled with so far. Well, maybe it's this non alcoholic beverage. Maybe. Yeah. And that's what I'll try tonight. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'll report back on the epilogue show. What What have you learnt? Um, I have learnt, listen, again, this hasn't been a stretch for me at all. I'm just going about my everyday. Yeah. I have learnt again, and it's solidified the fact that I'm allergic to alcohol mm. or I'm intolerant to alcohol. Mm. And I've also learnt that I'm quite happy about it. Do you wish, you? so you don't wish you weren't? I I have at points but after talking to Ruri and doing this week I actually feel very grateful for it mm. because it keeps me away from it keeps me away from something that's but full of toxins and full of poison yeah. so it's great yeah. also, also the same thing as me not liking cheese quite happy about it oh I love cheese I know I, I don't like cheese so I don't feel like I'm missing out it's a really good thing that you're not French <laughs> cheese and wine it's probably what yeah well yeah, we do go to South of France quite a lot I love their bread. Well, don't tell them this information. I wouldn't tell the French. They're so moody. Anyway, (laughs) what did you learn? 
I learned because I had to have a good think about my relationship to alcohol and my family history with alcohol and, you know, sort of how it's been programmed into me since I was literally three and able to dip my finger in my grandma's glass of sherry. <laughs> it was always kind of encouraged. <laughs> have a drink. Yeah. Celebrate. Have a drink. Yeah. You're sad. Have a yeah. drink. You know, not in a pisshead bad way. Just it was just a very normal part of life. So I think I what I've learned is that I do relate alcohol to relaxation yep. and to enjoyment. Yes. Um, well, most of us do. And to me, it's always been a positive. I haven't found it a detrimental yes. thing to my life, my health, yes. my well-being. That's um, good. I'm okay not drinking, but I think I do miss I, I do miss it and I think I will miss it. I had a very interesting discussion with my 10-year-old yes. this morning because she said to me, oh, what are you doing this week? And I said, dry January. She said, what's that? I explained it. Yeah. And she said, God, you're not going to find that easy, are you? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, how are you not going to drink for like a whole month? I said, Lily Rose, how much do you think I drink? She yeah. said, uh, I would say you have at least two drinks a month. And I said, yeah, I would say that. I would say that's very fair. That's probably exactly what I have. Yeah. I said, but do you know that that is actually nothing, very little? Yeah. And she said, yeah, but you wouldn't be able to give it up. She, she thinks that's a lot because I said the fact is you've seen me with an alcoholic drink in my hand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you don't see it every day. I said mm. some people. I was explaining to them some people drink every single day. Yeah. She still. It was amazing just hear, seeing it from a ten year old's mind. And I wonder when she's an adult. Yeah. If she'll think she'll walk away thinking not walk away. If she'll think, mummy and daddy drink a lot. It's astounding, no, really. She won't. I I feel with alcohol with as far as parenting and with the kids is concerned. I feel similar um, as I do about sugar. So I I want them to be aware that it's okay to have a glass of wine with a full meal, yeah. and that's not. It doesn't lead to punch ups and yes, binging yes. and being pissed and, and violent and, yeah, and everything yeah. else that actually it can be enjoyed in moderation and it's a normal part of, of life yes. and I don't want it banned yes. because I think like with sugar when you do that you end up with kids who are like it's secret it's naughty I want to binge on it because yep. I can't have it yep. so my oldest is now 17 and on Christmas day he was allowed a low alcohol beer I'm okay with that I'm fine with that because yeah. he's at home he's stuck at home <laughs> But it's under my control. It's yeah. under my watch. And I don't want it to be some um, yeah, big, idea. massive thing. Yeah, yeah I that, agree. That I'm, and look, I'm sure, hopefully, he will go to university and get lashed up many a night. Well, but that's and what he's supposed gonna, to be doing. Yeah, he, he's got to learn those lessons. Yeah, himself, and, and right? he, he has to play around with that and find his own balance. Absolutely. Would you recommend this? <laughs> you can't. You, of course you'd recommend this to your clients. Would I recommend not drinking alcohol <laughs> to my pregnant clients? <laughs> Yes, I would, unless yep. they're French. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would recommend this to my clients, but yep. I would also say that everyone has a very different relationship Absolutely. with alcohol like they do with food. Yeah. So I think this is a very, very personal practice. Yes. That's what I would say. I don't even know how to answer the question. Is it of, coming, in, is the it coming in the We've club? We've got to have Rory in the club. Oh, Rory is in. And one beer, one beer no year? No. One, one year, year, no beer. No beer. <laughs> <laughs> that and that. One year, no beer. I mean... He deserves a spot in the club. He is an absolute legend, this man. And do you know what? We'll bring him in like a specialised batch yeah. of alcohol-free beers just for him. And he'll do some workshops because he's much more about mental positive health and healthy living and healthy thinking and healthy being, isn't he? Yeah. Than the actual alcohol piece. He's yeah. so much more than that. Yeah. He's wonderful. So, yeah. So he's coming in. Okay. We've got to have alcohol in the club. <laughs> 
We can have alcohol and alcohol-free options as yeah, well. Yeah, whatever your wellness needs are in that moment. Okay, loving it. Agreed. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what we do here and want to be part of the club, please follow us on our social channels at Self Care Club Pod. And go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us grow and it really helps us keep bringing this podcast to your ears. If you end up trying any of the practices that we do on the show or you have something you'd like to say, something you'd like us to try, just email us. Hello at theselfcareclub.co.uk Have a lovely sobering week <laughs> and we will see you back here on Friday for the Epilogue Show. Thanks for listening. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. The Motherkind Podcast explores how to feel happier, more confident, and empowered in your motherhood, even in our world of pressure, judgment, and comparison. I'm your host, Zoe Blasky, and every week I speak to an incredible expert to share actionable steps and powerful lessons to living your life as a mother with more joy and unapologetic confidence. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, just search Motherkind. Kind.